we talk to Derek Hall, the president and CEO of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Derek joins us right now here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Derek, good morning to you. Good morning, Vince. How are you? Good. Dick, good to talk to you guys. What's up, D? Uh, you know, an, another tough series in San Francisco. Got off to a good start. Get the win. You break that losing streak in San Francisco that had reached, uh, I think, 12 games. But uh, then getting blown out on Tuesday, I thought bounced back very well yesterday, but let it slip away. I mean, how tough was that game to, to, to let uh, slip away, Derek, especially after what happened the day before? Uh, yeah, it was painful for sure, Vince. And that's a game you got to win when you you know you have a lead in the seventh. And I mean, I understand why these are decisions that managers and coaches have to make, and they're tough. And I certainly understand why we we sent Zach back out there. I mean, he was cruising. He was around the eighty pitch mark. Had only allowed one hit. Looked like uh, you know the strong Zach Gallon that we're used to seeing, uh, other than the couple of stumbling games he he pitched. And, and, you know, obviously he got roughed up a little bit. So it's, it's tough. And when you get momentum going your way at home, especially in San Francisco, you know, they can always come back and win. And that's exactly what happened. You just felt like it was going to happen in the eighth and ninth. And that's the way we felt the last couple of years. And that, and that feeling has to stop. You know, yeah. we're, when you lose five out of seven, we're going in the wrong direction. And here we are, you know, approaching the break hit that reset button and, and get back into to winning baseball games. And we certainly have to, and we need to get that feeling back. And I know that we've got some winning streaks in us, so let's uh, let's start out hot. Let's hopefully finish hot, although we've had trouble with the Padres, and then start a good second half. I'm not sure if another team in baseball over the last 20 years has had a crazier experience with closers than we have in Arizona. <laughs> I mean, you can go up and down the line from Jose yeah. Valverde to Young yeah. Kim, Matt Mantai to Fernando Rodney, who could forget that. Mark Melanson, why is he struggling so much this year? You know, I, I, you see him at times, and he's dominant. I mean, you look at him in the first game of the series against San Francisco, and, and he was, you know, he was Mark Melanson that we're used to seeing. I, I think where we've seen him struggle is when a game is tied or when we're, we don't have the lead, if it's not a safe situation. It just seems like time and time again. And there's a lot of closers that, that have that issue. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, when you, when you go in there and you're expected to do your job, I mean, that's exactly why they didn't go to Nelson for that, you know, with one out um, with, with Crawford coming in because you figure you've got the experienced Melanson who can also put the ball on the ground and get a double play, um, and it just didn't work out. But there's been times where he has been just flawless and looks like himself, and other times where, you know, he's he's had issues like he did yesterday. But but you're right, Bick. I mean, you know, that's the life of the closer, and, boy, I, 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 I pace constantly. You know, I, I remember years ago, um, Bud Selig had seen me uh, on TV pacing and throwing paper <laughs> like in the ninth inning, mm-hmm. and he called me up and he said, "He said, let me tell you." He said, "When I was in your position with Seattle, he said I would leave in the eighth inning." He said, "There's nothing worse than the ninth inning, whether you're ahead or behind." Yeah. He said, and "I would leave, and I would just listen to the game on the radio, and if it went longer, I'd watch on TV when I got home." He said, "Do us all a favor, get out of the stadium." Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, funny. that's just the way it is, you know. It's nail biting, and you're walking a tightrope, and it's just crazy. Derek Hall, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, you know, 89 games in, still one more series to play before the All-Star break. So kind of the unofficial, uh, certainly not mathematical uh, midway point of the season. But when yeah. you, you look back on, on the first 89 games, uh, it's been a struggle, 39 and 50. But what, what do you think this team has accomplished? How would you describe the, the first half of the season through your eyes, Derek? Yeah, you know, Vinny, I think we showed um, uh, the incredible depth, which we weren't sure we had in spring training because we've had to overcome a lot of injuries, and depth at odd positions where you're able to fill it in at, at catcher and in center field and then bring up a lot of the young players that we were hoping to see at some point this year and hoping that they would play well and stick, and they have. So I, I think, you know, seeing the development, like we've talked about, of 
the continued development of Josh Rojas, the development of Dalton Varsho, and now he's hot again. And Alex Thomas looks very comfortable, especially in the field. What an outfielder. Yeah. Being able to bring McCarthy back up. So there, there's a lot of really good signs. I, I think in reflecting where we've gone wrong, um, it, it is our play against teams that were below 500 that we expected to, to have good series against, and we didn't, and also against our division. That's been the difference maker, the way we've played against our division. We've played well against the Giants, you know, especially at home. We should have taken two out of three, would have, should have, could have, I know, in this last series. But we've played absolutely horribly against the Dodgers and against the Padres and against the Rockies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're going to you're gonna play well, your record's going to reflect it. You have to play well in the division. So that's got to change for the second half. But that's really my reflection. We, uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about the Phoenix Suns and their pursuit of a championship and how, how the NBA has become such a three-point shooting game. And if there's one thing they could use more of, it's that. In baseball, the home run has become so, so important, so prevalent. And while I agree with you, while I'm very excited watching uh, Josh Rojas play and Alec Thomas play and these, this young core of players, does this organization, do you need more pop? Do you need more power at some point in time? Yes. Yeah, we do, Bick. And, and especially when you look at our roster here now, it is so left-handed heavy. And we do have a lot of guys that are going to get on base. They're going to have good OPS. And, and that's important, but you need to have some slug and some power, too. Um, you know, guys like, like Beer that we are trying to develop in the, in the lower levels, um, or not in the lower level, in the minor leagues at AAA. And so if we can get him back on track and get him up, he gives you that threat of the long ball. Um, you know, David Peralta has often had power. We've seen it from Walker this year. It, it needs to be there. Uh, Carson Kelly has that power here and there. So we, we, you do need it. Marte's got it. Um, but there, there could always be more. And we do have young players that are showing that, that power as well. You know, Corbin Carroll does it all. Um, Jordan Lawler certainly has a lot of power, especially for a, for a shortstop. But that brings up another point that we talked about last week in the draft and the same names that we're, we're all seeing. We're still going to go after the best players possible in the draft, even if we do already have players there for depth. Um, for example, people are attaching, you know, whether it's Drew Jones, who's a center fielder, and we do have a lot of center field depth, mm-hmm. or if they're looking at uh, Holiday, even though we have Jordan Lawler, we're going to go after the best player. Those are kids, though, by the way, who show a lot of power and potential for power, so that they would fit in well to your question. Derek Hall, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. That, that draft gets underway uh, Sunday through Tuesday, Sunday. Um, and you yep. guys have a high pick. But I, I'm wondering um, if you guys prefer – the draft used to be in June, used to be a much longer process. Moving it back to July, what are the benefits of that or what are the detriments to, to a team for the later draft? Yeah, I think it's good for a couple of reasons. First off, it, it allows you to you know sign your players, get them into into camp, and get them off to a team before the end of the year, um, so that they can they can ease in transition and continue to play. Um, but I also think that uh, doing it now in conjunction with the All Star Game events is really good. You know, it's just one more mm-hmm. thing to focus on during that break. Um, Sunday has always been sort of that futures game. Then Monday, the home run hitting contest was one event, whereas now you've got even more to focus on and, and pay attention to with the draft. I really like it. I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a good thing for the sport. It's certainly good for us, too. And it's been nice leading up to the All-Star break to see our guys in these meetings. And I'm in these you know, virtual meetings all day long watching and listening. They seem to like the timing as well. It, it's worked out well for them. And you don't have that huge gap after the college 
uh, World Series, you know, where yeah. they watch so many guys showcase in the playoffs and, and regionals. And, you know, you're just you're going immediately right into the draft. It's fresh. All right, last question for me. Joe Mantiply, uh, reaching the All-Star game at age 31 is a great story, and it was a great moment of celebration when, when that all went down last week. He's struggled ever since, and it's it, it, is it because that All-Star birth has, has made him try to be too perfect? Is it just a, a, a bad stretch of, of baseball from him at a bad time? You're, it's, it's a weird confluence of events, Derek. It really is, Vic. And, we, and we've asked him to do so much more than we ever have. I mean, we've had him face right-handers. We've had him go two innings. I think it's a little bit of that. You know, he's not, he's not used to being used that much. But I also do think it was a bit of, of shock. You know, I, I think he was surprised to have been named to the All-Star game. And it could have been a distraction a little bit of. Um, and, I, and I know he's got his, his eyes set on that. He's excited to go there. His family's excited to go there. But, um, I, you know, we've got a lot of faith in him, and there's obviously always attention on players who are performing well when you get those phone calls. And believe me, every team likes what they've seen out of Joe Mantiply, which tells you everything you need to know. I think he's going to be fine, um, but that may, that may have played a part in it, and, and I get it. I think that's human nature, but it's, uh, it's been an unbelievable season. It's a guy that made adjustments, that's worked hard to get where he is. He's been, you know, released. He's been team after team. He's had Tommy John. It, it is a, it's a success story, and we're really, really proud of the guy. And I'm not, I'm not concerned. I think he'll get right back on track. Yep. Derek, always good to talk to you. Enjoy the break. We'll talk next week.